0: Guys, welcome back to Arabs in a Bunker. Thank you for tuning in to the first two episodes. Um, and if you haven't watched them, go watch them. You need to. They're great. The first one. I think we've and gotten... the second
1: one. I think we've gotten really good feedback.
2: On- oh, yeah, yeah. We really do appreciate all the feedback we've gotten from you guys. The constructive criticism, the topic points you guys want us to talk about, and all, like, the good comments that you guys reached out how much you guys enjoyed it. Really, it
0: was it was really great. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, but what Jabber said. Um, and honestly, we are taking your feedback into consideration. We are trying to improve. Um, we are working with budget. We are working with all of that, but in the future, everybody starts off small. Um, so hopefully we get to the point where we want to be. And that is with all your support. Um, so each week, like we said, every Wednesday, we're releasing an episode and this week it is about mental health in the Arab community. Um, Arab and Muslim community. Arab and Muslim community, taking culture and religion into a factor as well. Um, so this episode is going to be about the stigmas within the Arab community, the stressors of life, etc. And we're just going to dwell deep into those. And one question that we can start off the question, the podcast. Wait, first. wait, wait.
2: Can we first appreciate the new decorations that Mo graciously, you know, Yeah, we're actually did? in a bunker. Now we're, looks more like a bunker now. We have our, with world, our world camo, War our, I don't even know what that is. Our first aid kit with a life raft.
1: This is, this is like where they used to put ammo back in like <laughs> oh, World yeah. War II and stuff. That's
2: where we, that's where we had our
1: sandwiches now. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and our fallout shelter, you know. Guys, is, I don't yeah,
0: drink pink want... drinks, don't judge me. The Starbucks lady gave me it for free because they forgot my cake
1: my uh, my mom when she saw the, the camo net she was like what are you getting the camo net for what are you going to go cover your tanks and I'm like no it's just for the bunker she thinks and we're going to Russia or something I was actually on a call and I had to turn on my camera and the vendor goes I like your setup I'm like to be honest man we're actually doing a podcast with my with my cousin and friend and we called it Arabs in a Bunker and the guy was literally hysterically laughing for like
0: two minutes on the call he goes Arabs in a Bunker I see. You guys don't want to know how we came up with this name before we get into it. Me and Mo were just joking around. Let's 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 start a podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let's call it Arabs in a bunker because we're Arabs and you know we're doing it out of your basement. Yeah. And then you know Arabs. And then I felt FOMO, so I invited myself on. You did. Let's get into it. No, let's get into it. Mental health is a big thing within the world, and it's pretty looked down upon. And I feel like it's looked down upon in many communities of minorities within america especially in outside of the world um luckily america and the west has an ample amount of therapists but and mental mental psychology and all of that however countries like the middle east don't Fully embrace that. Um, I think it's getting better, but it is getting it's, better. It's as still the not where it needs to yeah. be for sure. As genera- genera- generations, as generations advance, it is yeah. getting better. Yeah. Um. But when you think of mental health, what do you feel a good state of being is? What do you think mental health is in
2: general? I think it's the mental and emotional state of well-being in the sense that you can handle like you know life stressors like in a healthy way. Where it's not like having a huge impact on your life, you know. Um, obviously, we all go through episodes of depression, anxiety. It's it's totally human to feel all these emotions, but sometimes they can they can be overwhelming and they kind of control our lives, you know. And um, and even I've been in states where like that like it's consumed me to a point where I only saw life through this like um, lens of depression and anxiety, and I like. Almost felt hopeless because when you get, you know, when you're when you're in that state for so long, it almost feels like you can never get out of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I've been through it, and I know it's definitely not easy, and uh, and it takes a lot of like mental well being, and you know, like a good support system, etc. There's so much things, so many resources that can help you get out of
0: it. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've struggled with mental health too. My freshman year of college was super, super hard for me. So it was, like, hard to make friends. I moved away. I went to Penn State four hours away from my parents. And coming from an Arab household, that was, like, a big thing to leave your house. Oh, yeah. Um, my mom didn't talk to me for a month. Because she was, like, <laughs> you're leaving. Um, so, like, I went through a big pile of, dep- uh, like, sadness and depression. And I stayed to myself. Um, so I feel like everybody goes through a certain period of time where they experience some type of mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, And it doesn't necessarily mean diagnosable. And that's the issue we're going to talk about today is the normalization of mental illnesses. Um, I didn't go to a therapist, didn't go to any of that. So I let life take its toll. And that is something we're going to talk about today as well, about us as Arabs and minorities having a difficult time reaching out for help. Um,
1: But also, also like mental health, like it's also your perspective on how you, uh, you see like the world uh, through your lens. Right. So like, you know, essentially like, you know, if you have like a negative perspective on everything that's going on, it's going to affect your mindset. Right. It's like, you know, if, if you, if you want to really, 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 really sit down and take care of, you know, your mental health, you need to start with your perspective and mindset of the world and, and and people around you and all that stuff to kind of help you push forward, right? Like so if you're going to be negative, you're going to stay in that depression cycle uh, overall, right? That's that's the way I see it. So if you're positive, you're starting to create those positive reinforcements within your life and kind of cause that snowball effect of, yeah, of course. you know things, you know, working your way. But the thing is like um
2: it's like you, sometimes you can't anticipate like some sort of depression sometimes things happen where you make you sad you know like you know loss of a family member or just I don't know anything anything can you know there's, I can name a million things that can make us sad and then that can also beca- become a snowball effect of more and more depressive things you know sometimes our life isn't made for us to like take a few days off mental health days because like you something happens you become sad you fall behind on work stresses you out it just becomes this snowball effect and you know and it's really hard to get out of after a certain point like i said so um that's why it's important to have good coping mechanisms support system and then obviously if need be seek
0: professional help so let's go into that actually let's do let's talk about our coping (laughs) coping, coping mechanisms
2: um well let's first talk about like give give a good example of when you went through something so we know what you went through and then how you cope with it i'll i i
0: i am going to talk about generic like, coping mechanisms in terms of like issues like no no no. Mental. first like
2: you you brought up the whole college thing what do you do uh freshman year what did you do to make yourself uh nothing
0: no, you did nothing I, right, when did you start that was, that was the biggest issue with me college year my freshman year um i actually got to the point where i was like having suicidal thoughts and just very like disgusted with my life um in general and i feel like that's what drove me to be a full year of just sadness and always um and i feel like if i sought help if i coped better it would have worked my coping mechanism was suppression suppression and digression from society so i literally talked to no one um and you know, I see, you guys see it now. Sometimes you know, my coping mechanism yeah. is like, so. Go to the what side. What made you realize that you were um, in this, like, on this, like? I had negative a talk tunnel with one of my sophomore year teachers from my high school, and she was like a second mom to me uh-huh. at the time. And she pulled me to the side, and she was like, "I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't understand why you're going through this, but yeah. I know you're not like this at all. Yeah, because I was letting a lot of people affect how I felt, how I thought. Um. A lot of, I let a lot of people, like, make me feel less than I was. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that, that's when I was like, all right, I got to snap out of it. Yeah. And then I moved into sophomore year, and then I had a whole new perspective on life. I met new friends. I met friends that I'm best, best friends today. Yeah. I reconciled with my best, best friends that I'm cool with today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it's hard because of so many people coming to a new place, and everybody's trying to compete. Everybody's yeah. trying to make yeah. friends. Not everybody's totally whatever. Understand. yeah. Um, so it's just that perspective of someone pushing me down and saying, I want you to understand that you are more valuable than you think. You I wouldn't say yeah.
1: pushing you down. I think it's picking you up.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Picking right. me up. It's, it's the up, perspective in that down. moment, in that moment <clears throat> you were
1: down, you know, and then once that person gave you that insight, you're like, holy shit. And you're right. like, let me change my perspective. And then at you, you started seeing those positive effects of, okay, cool. I shifted my mindset. This is where I go. I'm not saying it's easy to do that. It takes, you need to be, have you need to have the will of saying, acknowledge, first of all, it's like, there's like, there's like steps that you need to take, right? It's like, acknowledge that you're going through something, right? Once you acknowledge you're going through something, how are you coping with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, realizing, okay, am I, is that my coping methods healthy? Is it helping me getting to, getting out of this cycle, this vicious cycle that I'm in? Right, and then change your perspective on where you want to be. Create a goal, right, and be like, "All right, cool. This is where I want to be. This is this is essentially where my my mindset is going to be." Right, and once you have that, you have a clear picture of where you want to be. That's where you go, and that's that's how I've that's how I've basically been through. I've been through very multiple cycles of depression. Um, You know, I've had you know multiple anxieties, you know, episodes, but Mm -hmm. like very minimal, right? Because like I feel like sometimes my coping mechanisms you know, they're kind of like cover that, right? You're, you're, you know, for example, you're supposed to be the oldest in the family, right? You need to be the strongest. You need to be the mentally, you know, mentally there at all times. So like, those are effects that you kind of have as like, as like, uh, you know, being Arab I agree. And things like that. So I
2: agree. It is important to set your goals out, but when you're inside these episodes, it's, it's hard to see that clear. It's, exactly. it's impossible. I think the most important thing Khudr did throughout thing was opening up to someone. Especially an unbiased source like your teacher that you're very close with.
0: And some people don't have that outlet. You know, that, that is important. I think
2: that was
1: the best thing you could have Everyone done for yourself. They just don't want to...
0: They don't want to acknowledge What do you
1: mean? Him. Which outlet? So like, he means what he means like people. No, not a lot of people have that person that they can control. They to. do. A lot of they, people don't. A no. lot. But I I think a lot of people do, but they try to say they don't because they don't want to go down that route. Like some people are no, afraid. No, I,
2: I generally to do think some people do not. Yeah, I have, disagree.
0: I definitely feel. Like no, so there's
2: some cool. people who really do like. Um, like I'm blessed to have a lot of people I can open up to, but not everyone is like that. Where they have like sometimes even their own family they can't really help them out, or they they
0: don't have that many friends, or etc. There's a lot of stuff where. Um, I think it's getting easier now as generations grow up, where people yeah. are understanding what mental health is, and like, like you said, people don't have that family, and especially if you come from a household that doesn't believe. Yeah, the exactly. Health, is, yeah, it's very hard. It's to hard go to, to your open up to someone yeah. and say, "I'm depressed." Exactly,
2: and that's why it's important because you guys are right. to use like a professional source in that <clears> sense, <throat> like a, somebody like a therapist, which is which you we'll know, we'll talk about later how like to get access to one and how maybe that's not the easiest thing but if you if you feel like you know you're going through something and you don't have like a friend or a teacher or whatever somebody to 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 use you could always try to use your community resources like counselors if you're in school um, to give one example uh, in med school actually I've never really talked about this before but I went through like a mental health phase like during my the second half of my first year where I went through these like crazy bouts of anxiety and I, and I felt anxiety before, but never to this level. Like I used to never have exam anxiety. I like started getting anxiety for exams, even became socially anxious, which is like so out of character for me for like, I'm talking about for a long period, like weeks months, months, months at a time. And eventually I was so fed up with it. I actually reached out to like our mental health, uh, like clinic uh, on school. And I talked to a therapist and I actually did like two or three sessions with them. And it, totally 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 helped like I was very grateful for it and I think what really helped was just being able to talk to someone about it and um and just kind of like realizing like hey like what you're going through is not abnormal sometimes like I was like dude why do I feel anxious and I would like start thinking about what's making me anxious and I couldn't pinpoint something and that would make me more anxious and I'm like am I going crazy what's going on and then I realized that it's like, it's, it's human to go through these emotions and sometimes you just have to accept it. And one good analogy was like, see your anxiety as like, you're at a river and your anxiety is a leaf just flowing down and you recognize it like, yes, I'm anxious. This is my anxiety and just letting it pass. And that's it. You don't have to like think of where mm-hmm. did it come from? Why is it coming? So I, I really do. You do feel think-
0: like some professions, like you said, you're in medical school. Well, you are in medical school. Do you feel like some professions need to have mandated therapy sessions? um like for what for example like medicine or, or for what? like medicine police officers um
2: i think yeah i think every I think every members. every field no matter what it is whether it's the corporate world whether it's like the health world every place there's there's stress there's a lot of stuff and people are humans in the sense that like people go through stuff outside of their jobs or outside of their careers that affects their career. So i feel like i feel like everyone should have access to mental mm-hmm. like
1: mental health professionals or some sort of counseling or resources to help People manage stress differently. Like, so the same stressors that I might be going through, right, might not, he might not be able to handle or vice versa. I might not be able to handle or, yeah, you know, of you. Course. So, like, no, like everybody, everybody's different, right? You just need to know how much you can handle. That's essentially it, right? Like like you said, sometimes you don't even realize you're in that or sometimes you don't see realize that you have the resources available to you around you. Or you don't, you know, it's kind of just like kind of taking that step. That, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Right, but like, what are coping methods that you guys kind of use when you're going through those cycles? I I call them cycles. Um, you want you want to talk? You can go. All right. So one thing I did was,
2: I took at least half an hour, sometimes an hour, if I can, where I like don't do anything, like and, and like work wise or whatever, where I literally just relax, not even use my phone, nothing. Um, I would. Uh, Oh, you know, like you know, like I went went to the beach a lot. Obviously, not everyone has access to the beach, but I would go and just walk on the beach because it was relaxing. But going for a walk, doing something to clear your head, meditating. I started using the Headspace app, which ten minutes a day made a huge difference in my life. Um, And just and also one exercise I did was every day I would try to find one thing that made me like happy like or, or something i found beautiful or just something good and it was just just one thing and you know and and that like kind of trained me to start looking like seeing the good in things and uh that was that was that was something i did that was like an exercise i did
0: um well.
1: so i actually when i was first going through the cycle i actually had a really bad coping mechanism i completely disconnected um i would like sit down and just like binge watch netflix all day like literally, I wake up in the morning, make my coffee, come downstairs, and just watch Netflix. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. I started um, even overworking myself. Like let's say I was at work, I'd like overwork on purpose to kind of distract myself. Yeah. So um, both those Netflix and overworking both are coping
2: mechanisms. Those are more like like suppression, just distractions. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah.
1: basically like yeah yeah. No. In my head, in that moment. Oh yeah, that's that how they were. Like. Like, you weren't
2: thinking about it, but you exactly. weren't working on them either. Yes. You are just like, I'm gonna move them aside yeah. in my head. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So then eventually. Um, you know, I, I reached out to a friend, you know, did a program. It, it was like kind of a spiritual coach almost. Mm-hmm. And um, and we'll talk about that later down the line. Um, and kind of like what we did was we kind of implemented a routine, right? It's kind of waking up early, you know, getting, you know, meditating, reading a book, getting those things done. So by that time you're ready to go to work, you've already kind of cleared your head, um, even downloaded Headspace, like you said, and kind oh, yeah. of just Great like out. that 10 minute was kind of a way to kind of just like clear your head manage your thoughts and kind of like in the beginning when i did it my mind was all over the place mm-hmm. it was insane and now like kind of now it's like okay cool when i do it first minute they're kind of all over the place and now i kind of just like level out and i'm there and i'm good i'm, I'm calmer and then like throughout the day i'm feeling good about myself um and then another thing was kind of just trying to get back into the gym right like that, that mm-hmm. exercise Exercises like you know you, that you have it's kind of like that that whole mind body soul situation yeah. of kind of like connecting those three and just hitting all those three are kind of like balance out your lifestyle overall
2: yeah exercise is always good it doesn't always have to be the gym just even going for a walk mm-hmm. anything it's, it's 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 really good for you
0: are you still doing any of those today mo yeah absolutely good job what about you I have the worst coping mechanisms of everybody here, to be honest. Colour just tweets out his thoughts and that's it. <laughs> no, I definitely am a suppression type person. Like, I suppress everything um, and then it blows up and then it's like, all right, it blew up for a day. I'm fine. Back to my regularly scheduled programming. Um, and I think it's because I went through so much mental health issues throughout my life in terms of my family, my grade school. I was very, like, bullied. I don't care. I say I'm bullied. And... Um, then I you know the notion of hurt people hurt people yeah I started becoming a bully, bully yeah. so I and in, in my first and second year of my high school I was the one that's always attacked. I went to a new high school all my friends from my grade school went to uh, Catholic school at, next to our, my Catholic schools because I went to Catholic school and I had no friends I was going to a new school so I was like the new kid I was bullied and then yeah. sophomore year it was like alright hurt people hurt people I'm about to hurt you <laughs> So I became the bully. So junior and senior year, no one would mess with me because I'm about to clap back at you. And then freshman year of college, like I said, now I'm the new kid again and like I feel like the odd one out. And then it was hurt people hurt people. Um so I my coping mechanism was basically becoming a bully in terms of like not letting anyone talk to me any type of way. Yeah. I'm um, very, very defensive. I wouldn't say I like made fun of people or like I made people hate themselves. Yeah. It was more of a, I was becoming very, very defensive. Like if your you actions me, were reactive, exactly. So if you would like, for example, um, in high school, people would call my cousin a terrorist. Yeah. And if you call me a terrorist, it's not going to fly with me. So like, yeah, yeah. I started getting, like, it would be a joke. But honestly, I'm still like that today. You ain't calling me a terrorist. <laughs> uh, but it was more, now it's more like, all right, that's disrespectful. In high school and growing up, it was more like, I'm really, really angry. So towards my junior year, then I started understanding that I can't be, I have to let the anger go. So that was a that was a coping mechanism for me. Like understanding, like I have so much built up Man. anger from growing up, having family members who used to talk shit behind my back. Um, and then now want to be my friend when I know you, wish to talk shit behind my back. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Um. So it was, like, those coping mechanisms. It's, like, forgive and forget. I... Y'all know this. I don't really forgive. I yes. just forget and don't care about you no more. Yeah. Um, I'm very, like, a drop-and-go type person. It's not more of a... I'm holding grudges. Um, it's more of a... You have nothing to do with my life anymore, so I'm dropping you. Um, so those were my coping mechanisms in terms of, like, suppression and avoidance. Um... And then I started working on them in terms of like, I'm not upset. I'm not as upset as I am. Um, Just like continuously telling myself, count to 10. If I'm still mad after 10, okay, count to 100. And I started implementing that a lot, like counting to 10. Um, And sometimes I'd have to count to 100, and I'm like, all right, I'm not really upset. I'm over it. Um, So a lot of things now, it's very logical thinking instead of emotional. Um, I started thinking more with logic than emotion, um, even though emotion and logic go together. But it was more of a, I don't think this should affect me as much as it should affect
2: me. But the thing is, it's okay if it does affect you, though. Even exactly. if you're, even if it's a small thing. So. But know, yeah, it's like it's, you shouldn't have to be like, oh, it's no big deal. Like it, even if it's in hindsight, it is no big deal. But Jebber
0: if it, is subtweeting me because he knows that I do this.
2: Yeah, but even if it, even if it, it's not like if if you make it out to seem not a big deal, if it affects you, it is a big deal. Yeah. So it's okay to but- say this is a big deal. You know,
0: you shouldn't have to talk yourself out of it, you know? I, I think that's, like, I do that a lot. And you guys know this. I did. Like, with friends, I am not confrontational with friends because I'm like, you know what? I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset about the blow-up. So what I do, you because <laughs> Khudur's <is> like <laughs> that.
1: Khudur would go three months not talking to you and not telling it's... you what's going on. And then all all of a sudden, he lets it out. And it's like, you, you could have just told me this three months ago and we could have solved it.
2: Yeah, okay. but as as a punishment for Khodor, even That's though when I even though I even though I know he's upset when he does, like whenever he's going through these silence periods, I force I force it out of him. I act like I don't know anything in the world until he brings it up. So that way I like reinforce like, "Hey, I you ha- you, so you, silent. you <laughs> have to, you have to talk to you have to talk about it cuz you know, if, you know, eventually it's going to come out." So I I don't acknowledge it at all until he brings it which up, which makes me more mad because I'm like
0: <sighs> And yeah. then he like texts me randomly like Hey buddy, and I'm like, I'm fucking mad at you. Yeah, Stop yeah. Talking I'll to I'll me act me.
2: like I have no clue. like, hey dude, how's it going? Yeah, and then until <laughs> until he brings it up. Because he has to. It's 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 a healthy coping mechanism. How come you've never or have you actually seek professional help? Like talk to a
0: therapist since and you've that's, said that's you've big been through part a lot of it, though. Um I always tell myself that I have nothing to say to a therapist. Why? Um, you know what I mean? Like how ha- I'm too strong of a person to go to therapy. When in reality, I'm very. I'm, I was a psychology major. Uh, so it's yeah, like, no, nobody's too strong. It doesn't make strong. sense, but I feel like how do I start that first session with a therapist? And it's very hard in terms of they ask you a few
2: questions and they just talk.
0: Culture wise, like I want to find a Arab therapist to understand what I want. You go but it's therapist, it's very limited. It's very it limited. is limited. So, um, it is definitely
1: very limited. Actually, these past two years during the pandemic were kind of like. Really, really, really tough for me, like mentally and overall, like even like work performance. It was like I was struggling. I was literally struggling at work overall. And um, one thing that I that I realized was like I, I started a new job and things that the patterns were the same. Right. The same things were occurring. Right. Like um, my manager was kind of, you know, telling me, hey, which were you know, I wasn't hitting deliverables. I was procrastinating during the day. And I was just doing so many things wrong that didn't make sense to me, right? Like, I wasn't doing that when I was in the office. Um, and then, you know, I, I started, then my second job, same thing, went through the same aspect, same same things over and over again. And then I realized I was on a, on a performance evaluation. So I started thinking, like, something's up, something's up. So, you know, thankfully, my mom, when I was younger, she was, like, very into, you know, she was, she wasn't into it, but she was, she acknowledged that mental health was important, right? So I actually got she took me to a therapist and a psychiatrist and I was diagnosed with ADHD at the time. Um, but you know, growing up, you kind of neglect that, right? During the stigmas that you have within the community, you're like, my mom's crazy. Why why would she take me that? She thinks I'm crazy. So throughout like high school, college, um, and even the beginning, the beginning stages of my career, I was always neglecting that side. It was like, and and it was funny because like my my psychiatrist literally told me she was like, "I'm actually surprised you got this far without any help." Um, and all, another thing she said is that you actually create coping methods as you go to kind of mask it and just bulldoze through what you need to do in a day to day. You know, I was I was a C student, but if I did seek help the way I should have, I would have been an A student, 100%. Like, I would have took the time to sit down, study, do all that stuff, and, you know, not struggle the way I did during high school years and college. I struggled a lot in college. You guys know that. Um, so eventually, you know, fast track now, I'm on, I'm on a PIP. I'm on a performance evaluation at work where, you know, if I fail, I get fired, right? So, like, my anxiety was was playing and all that stuff. So I was trying to understand what's going on. So then I was like, it's my ADHD. And I sat down, I did some self-reflection, and I started looking for a psychiatrist and I look for a psychiatrist first before a therapist, right? Because that's that's the step that I want to do and figure out yep. that aspect and then jump into therapy. And, you know, I did that. And I, you know, saw a psychiatrist. I'm seeing a psychiatrist now and a therapist and just getting myself and I feel much better. I feel much more sharper. I feel much more confident. That confidence, like I had no confidence the past two years, like within, within work, within you know, on an intellectual level, mental level, all that stuff, like I was completely shot. Like it was, it was not healthy for me to kind of keep going that way. So like you said, you know, you seek, you seek help, yeah. but the, the whole thing is, is that, that, that stigma, right. Of I don't need help. You know, like kind of what you said, I'm too strong, mentally strong. You, you create that, that image in your head that you're mentally mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. You're mentally strong. You're, You're good. But like it catches up to you, you know. I you definitely you,
0: feel like it, you, us too, as a person. We're like everybody should get therapy. Therapy's the best thing in the world. And then
1: when it comes
2: to you also, guys, don't do it. I'm like, I
0: don't need no therapy. Because I don't look, know you're about. because
2: it's important that you like realize it and acknowledge, like, oh, like there's something wrong with yeah. me, but. That just acknowledging it isn't enough. Isn't gonna fix yeah, the problem. You if the you like, like, you know, you acknowledge your problems, but like, you and have, to, you have to take action. And it, it hard. is hard. It's it is hard.
0: Super, super hard to take
2: action. It is. It is hard. And help. and you know, and figuring out what resource is right for you, what exactly is going on. um yeah. But but yeah, like like you know, like you said, like realizing that you have an issue isn't gonna solve it. That's yeah. just the first step. Then you got to start taking action towards. Towards what can I do to change it? You know. I think
0: there's an issue with the normalization of mental illnesses where people downplay it a lot.
2: Oh yeah, uh, I, I I do believe that. So
0: like ADHD, for example.
2: I everybody like, says, "Oh, oh I, I get exact... distracted." No, there's like a diagnostic exactly. criteria that so you have I went to, to be. Penn State
0: and everybody used to take Adderall. They'd be like Adderall, Adderall, and I took it. I would be like, I don't understand this. the Hyper focus, yeah. blah blah blah. I want to go sleep. Like I feel like whatever. And then I did, I did a psychiatrist before you. And she was like, you have very bad ADHD. And I was like, no, I don't. And she was like, no, like you filled out the questionnaire and it was like, are where growing up? Did you like excessively talk and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I used to get in trouble because I never used to shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, I got kicked out of my grade school classes because I talked too much. So it was like things like that. And it's like, I needed help focusing. And when I got to college, I, I was like, yo, how am I failing? How do I have C's? But, well, you know, C's get degrees. But still, like, how, how, am I, how am I not doing good? I got a 2340 on my SAT. I got into Ivy Leagues, blah, blah, blah. But then when I got to college, I was failing. Um, and it was, like, a part of that was anxiety and then my ADHD and then blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dang, I could have succeeded more. I could have actually, like, filled my goals if I actually saw someone before it. Um,
1: also, a lot of things that people don't realize is that when you have ADHD what helps you go through your day-to-day is your routine. Exactly. Right. So when you made that switch in lifestyle from high school to college where you were in high school and you had that specific mm-hmm. time frame within the day where you knew what you were going to do and you had no choice but to do it, it's like, cool. And then you're going to college and your classes are scattered across the day. And you you're have like, a lot of freedom. You can do what you want away from your family. Exactly. You know, exactly. I never
0: used to go to class. So it was like one year I had like a theater class. I literally went to my theater class one day of the whole semester, because we had to take, like, a general education in arts. I didn't even know where the class was at the end of the year to take my final exam. <laughs> um, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people think ADHD. What I thought ADHD was was, like, you're hyper and you're jumping up and down yeah. and you need medication. No, in reality, ADHD is very, very like different. You get social issues, you get anxiety issues. Everyone has different. And plus, there's, there's a yeah. motor
2: aspect to it and a mental aspect to exactly. it. Like there's it's you know like it doesn't have to. You don't have to be like you know jumping off the walls. You could just have racing thoughts, That's be impulsive. Mental, yep. There's a lot of there's a, there's it's a big mental aspect. And also back to what you're saying regarding, like. Normalizing these like mental health disorders to like downplaying them essentially is like when people say oh I'm so OCD being clean is an OCD exactly OCD is a like, hard your... hard yeah, hard metropolis. OCD is very dis- like debilitating if, exactly if you generally have it it is very debilitating it's I like I, I've seen it you know obviously at the yeah, hospital yeah. and stuff like that when I was doing my psychiatry rotation it's very debilitating people have these like impulses to do certain things where they literally can't sleep, can't function if they don't do these weird tasks, like close the door eight times or exactly. or check the oven like fifty times and or do think this. OCD is like yeah, yeah, OCD. If you want to be I clean. don't like
0: I don't like where this thing is. So I yeah, moved that's it. not it's OCD. So not I, I I,
2: I kind of don't like it when people do like hundred percent because it downplays the, the severity of the actual illness, and then you know people won't take the real one as serious. Same thing with depression and anxiety.
0: Anxiety, I so. When I started my ADHD, I have a really, really bad anxiety when it comes to death. Um, it's like thanatophobia or something. And it's like, I'm not as scared of death. I overthink death. We're like, oh my God, if I die, who's going to wash me? Who's going to like clear out my bank account? Like It's like stupid things like that, but I overthink it. And it's, it's actually really, well. <laughs> I not as well. I do have a will. You guys don't have a will? No, um, I haven't thought about it there. I literally have a will. Who wants my debt? I don't. Think <laughs> I have a will. With, like every single where, every single place where I have money, like this goes to my mom. Blah blah blah. Like I'm, le- it's that bad, and I start you putting your social myself. media passwords in. There yes, too. I do. So so people can delete my social media. You know. Um. So like it's like that stuff. It's no, it's really serious because I have had panic attacks at night. I sit down, like randomly, start crying, and I'm just in bed, like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and it's like when I took my ADHD medication that helped me where it's like now I'm focusing on like the mental racing thoughts. It was really, really bad. And first I started off with ADHD medication before I did anxiety medication because I didn't want to start right off the bat with anxiety medication. And that helped, um, thankfully. But like sometimes I still go through those bouts and understanding that there's bouts of different anxieties and different, like panic panic attacks are trash. Like panic (laughs) attacks are literally the worst thing to yeah. go panic disorder right. is
2: also we, tough because you, know. uh, you start anticipating the next one, and then it makes you Even become more. agoraphobic because you don't want to you don't want to go out to places because if exactly. I have a panic attack, yeah. and it just like again like this kind of uh negative feedback loop where it just like affects you. You know, you start off panicky, then you end up depressed because you're not doing anything anymore, and it just becomes this negative. Yeah, like, people uh, just
0: go through social media and they're like, "Oh, I'm depressed because this person said this is this is a symptom of depression, so I'm depressed." No. when in reality, like. It's very hard to. Yeah,
2: it's human to experience emotions. It's normal to be sad, normal to be happy, anxious, for like a period of time. You know. Um,
1: so how do you guys? How do you guys think growing up? Right, like, you know, we all know there's a stigma in the Arab community and Muslim community um, because of mental health, right? Like, how do you think that has affected? Has affected your thought process growing up, and how did you break through that stigma? Right, like the, you know. Like, I know for me, for example, right, eventually I just had to, like, fall on my sword. Like, I felt like, damn, you know, it's time for me to kind of just figure this out and go through. But, you know, before that, you know, you kind of ignore it, right? It's kind of like, it's normal, get through it, you know, figure it out, you'll figure it out, life will, you know, kind of... Take you take take its take its. Uh, I think you know, we all go through that. Route, where yeah. We
2: think like we can figure it out until we get really hit with it, where like it actually like like for especially example, being like, the oldest. Yeah, you know? like, like for example, like when it when it really hit me hard, like I've always like uh, I've I've like dealt with anxiety growing up. Everybody does, but like when it hit me hard in med school, like I like the story I told earlier. That's when I realized like oh I can't handle this on my own like I did in the past like that's when I realized like this is this is like like not like any of my episodes before. So back to the original topic, like regarding the stigma, so especially in the Arab community, I remember growing up hearing like psychiatrists were like um, <laughs> the doctors of the crazy, like Hakim and Majanin. That's, I feel like just and that okay. label, just <laughs> that label is enough for people not want, want, wanting to seek help because they're like, oh, I'm not crazy, I don't need this. You know, cause like mental health was labeled as either you're normal or you're crazy, which, you know, obviously it's, it's, you know, it's not like that at all. So I think just having that like term is enough to like pe- make people like, Oh no, I'm not crazy. I don't need to seek mental help. So I feel like, but we're going away from that stigma for sure. Um, I feel like in Lebanon, um, like my from my, my friends have told me, there's a lot more access to therapists and psychiatrists, etc. Yeah, there which is. Just um, slowly getting better, but of course, there's still gonna be that it, like stigma. In, in,
0: our, in our town, where do people go? The place that people go to is called the Muawakeen. Like for mental, for mental people, like things like that. It's hard, like you said, like it's changing, but it's still so hard to actually it's, be in the Arab community and. Older generations is very hard. Yeah, um, that's what makes like, and then you go into generational trauma. Generational trauma is a very real thing. Um, psychologists are saying that it skips a generation, but then some psychologists are saying it doesn't. It's, it's actually a real thing where you have those like anxiety, um, especially if you come from a refugee, immigrants from war-torn countries that carries off into parents raising their kids. Um, nature versus nurture. Um, like my mom had very very bad. At- Um, anxiety when I used to go out because she said, Oh, I don't know where you are, blah 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 blah. That's like generational trauma in terms of anxiety. So, like, she doesn't trust this country because she went through something bad back home. Um, so it grows up to like that trauma you carry, and that's why people say you, you, everybody should seek therapy because it helps with the generational trauma. My
1: mom, my mom actually doesn't go to sleep until the doors and windows are locked, like, (laughs) it's like just go to sleep. We'll lock it. No, I can't. I need to lock on myself. It's like, okay, you need yeah. to, you know, and now, you know, it's kind of like, geez, like, you know, you got to figure it out and kind of like break through it. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously there are a lot of things that play into that. Right. Like, cause like the way you were raised, like you said, right. It's like, there are certain things and not like, like trauma, like traumas essentially that are transferred over, like based on like what your parents went through and all that stuff. But there are certain things that, based on like our logic, it just doesn't make sense. And we kind of just don't do it. Right. it's just like, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing it? You know, like there have been so many conversations with my parents. like, why are we doing this this way? It's just like, it doesn't make sense. You know, and it's like, it's 2021 or 2022. Like, you know, like this is how things are being done. Like we're not in the living in the 1980s or the 1990s exactly. anymore. You know? So, you know, like I do agree. Like there is a lot of thing, like, like a, a lot of generational trauma that is transferred down to us. But also, maybe our parents didn't recognize them because they didn't understand mental health back then. I feel like even now... This is where we come thin and be like, recognize them and be like, okay, cool. This is what I need to do to combat it and fix it and make sure that it doesn't transfer down. And also my generational trauma not to transfer down to my kids, you know? But the thing
2: is like... Sometimes even us, like people, don't realize they went through a traumatic event till a while later. Like even we, we sometimes go through crazy things, and it doesn't really hit people till like days, weeks, years down the road. We're like, wow, that that exactly. really was traumatic. We like like we just mentally suppressed it so long. Then it comes out of nowhere. So, even as adults, kids, whatever, like it's really important that you do. Uh, you do seek uh, like a therapy, even if even if you're not really going through anything, just to, just for the sake of talking, even from time to time. Like any everybody can benefit from it. There's no harm to it. You know, it's uh, it's not like there's any negative impacts of going to therapy. And sometimes you realize things that, like, or the therapists help you realize things that you, you you didn't even know that you were going through. Did that's you? It's okay uh, not
0: to, if, to go to therapy and not like your therapist. 100%. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, go switch therapist.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, you can go therapist shopping. You find like somebody that's right for you. Tell you're paying this, money like for they it.
0: Go, um, to therapy
1: and they're like she didn't connect with me on a cultural
0: level yeah that's exactly totally fine <laughs> next, no, next ne-
1: exactly so did you hear about Khudr's new nickname uh, Sheikh Khudr no so that's his new nickname it's Sheikh Khudr yes. so Sheikh Khudr I have, I have a question made, for you well, is, why is he
2: a religious
1: person um, I'll and and I will it. figure that out later but yeah. essentially my question is do you think religion plays a role in the uh, in the in the stigmas created within our community
0: Um, I definitely do. I feel like a lot of people confuse the notion that if you lack faith, you become... You have issues with mental illness. Like that lack of faith is why you have an issue with mental illness. Oh,
2: you're anxious, depressed, you're not reading enough Quran. Exactly. And
0: then there's there's (laughs) the other side of it is if you're depressed, go become more religious. Yeah. That will cure you. When in reality, especially in Islam, it's very... It, a lot of people have these connotations where they take religion and they spew it themselves and they base it off one thing, when in reality, like the Quran literally acknowledges mental illness. Yeah, 100%. And you know For example, for Sayyidah Maryam, um, yes. she went through a very big sadness when she was going to give birth to Nabi Isa. Yeah. Um, peace be upon him, because she was like, everybody's going to talk about me. Like, yeah. what am I going?
2: Like, she had anxiety. Or yeah. like, uh, like, uh, Nabi, uh, Yaqub, when, uh, when Yusuf... Ayub, well, yeah.
0: yeah. So like. wait, no, no, not
2: Yaqub, sorry, um, it's Jacob. Just, what? Yaqub is Jacob. Yeah. Who's Yusuf's dad again? Ayub, <laughs> no? No. You.
1: Whatever. I, we, 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 we get your point. Guys, we're But really, essentially... We know, it,
0: we know it, but we're just... We're
1: essentially, it. essentially, like, I personally don't think that religion, uh, the religion of Islam... Has the stigma has anything against mental health? I think the people and the arrogance
0: take created it away, take it away from Islam. But every every Abrahamic religion has a very weird connotation when it comes to mental illness because people in the older generations have this notion that God isn't going to give you a mental health illness if you're close to Him.
1: Hala, oh. there, that, goes, that goes into more deeper things in the religion of like free will and stuff exactly. like that, right? But, then, but what, my, my point, what I was trying to say is, is that, you know, I don't think Islam has a problem with mental health. It acknowledges mental health. It's yeah. the people and the arrogance that throughout time people stopped studying the religion and they stopped realizing that mental health... You know, Imam, 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 uh, Imam al-Sajjad, mm-hmm. Imam Zain al Abidin, the son of Imam al-Hussain has du'as about depression, anxiety... Uh, if you're going through certain things like they're all there like yeah. they even though they didn't have so much knowledge at the time of how to combat certain things or the techniques learn that we I wouldn't say that they didn't have they didn't have the knowledge they definitely did but they didn't have the techniques that we kind of have right now yeah they still acknowledged it
0: yes and people, that's what i'm trying to say people is people yeah. have the connotation that you have to, if you if you become religious you're cured no. when religion should be a part of your curing process yeah so like i am going to wake up every day and um pray fajr. pray fajr. i am going to listen to the du'a kumail every fine. thursday blah blah that's something to help you that's something to give you peace of mind for like for example when i'm very like want to focus and i sit down i listen to joshana kabir so like it's like weird things like that that you think, think is okay. but it's but
2: it's not, but it's not for it's everybody not, either. It's not yeah, right. it's absolutely.
0: Not, it's okay.
2: Like if you're, if you're religious, sometimes like rekindling that connection with exactly. God can help you with your anxiety because you like you feel like you have like Allah's support again. Like sometimes cure, you create a distance. It might,
1: it might cure you. It
2: might, it's okay. but it, it, if it does, not then it's it's, it's it's yeah, seek help exactly. You think it could be a catalyst exactly. to, to help you, but it's it's not it's the only way to do
1: it. Way. Yeah but also another thing is what our people don't realize is that we have this stigma that if you see a therapist, you're going to sway away from your religion. Right. So it's funny. It's because I was going, I was going through my, with my therapist and she was like, all right, we need to create anchors within the day when you're procrastinating or something to kind of reset within, within your day. Yeah. And she was like, do you have any daily meetings that you have that you can do something before or after? Do you have, I'm like, no, I just kind of started this new job. I don't really know. Yeah. And as crazy as sound, I was like, I have prayers. I'm like, I have the prayers that I can use as an anchor within the day. Like, it's crazy how we don't think about it, but though that Salah that you have is like a mental break from, from, from your daily life. Take five minutes, sit down, relax. Cause at the end of the day, Salah is meditation, right? It's a part of meditation. It's an aspect of it. Take that day. You take that moment to sit down, relax, reset, go grab a coffee, come back and start your day again. Right? Is that, no, people, you must pray. This is why you need to pray or you're going to go to hell. No, why? The thing is that we need to shift the mindset, like you said, the perspective of shifting over the like the, the, the mentality aspect of religion. If you do something wrong, you're going to go to hell compared to, hey, Allah loves you. Let's do things because you know we love Allah. Or Allah loves us for that perspective. You're shifting that negative stigma from the religion over to a positive aspect, right? Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is that the way you're taught the religion is a stigma in its own and yeah. that people don't realize is like, okay, let me shift my mindset. Oh, sorry. Let me shift my mindset, right? Like they say there's three types of believers, right? The fearful believer who's always fearing Allah. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do those sins because of that, right? Then you have the merchant believer who says sits down and calculates, you know what? Like there's a hadith that say, Hey, I if I do this, I get a thousand blessings, right? And he kinda has that transactional aspect to all, with with Allah. Right, and then there's the one that loves Allah, right? They're doing things because of true intent, not true intention, but they're doing it because of love, right? And yeah. it's crazy because, like, let's say I'm not doing things now because my mom told me, "No, Zalma, if you don't pray, you're gonna go to hell." I'm doing it because I want to connect with mm-hmm. Allah. I want to yeah. do it because you know I want, you know, I want to gain those those blessings in a more loving aspect, right? It's yeah. kind of shifting that perspective, you know, kind of like shifting from that negative that negative perspective of life. And on that positivity aspect that we need to kind of push ourselves through out of certain... That's kind of like with
2: everything in life, kind of like even religion, work, whatever. If somebody's like forcing it upon you, you don't want to do it. Like, for example, like... I'll be ready to clean my room, right? And then my mom comes in, clean your room. All of a sudden, I'm not in the mood anymore. I'm like, I don't want to clean anymore. Even though mentally, like before, I was ready to clean it because I wanted to. But now somebody's forcing it on me. Like, mm, I don't want to anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm very <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I'm how it is with everything. Force. Not just religion, religion, yeah. school, work, everything. If, if anything's forced, it just makes you less inclined to do it. You're like, mm, I don't want to do it anymore.
0: Especially if you're like stubborn. Like, yeah. if my mom forces me to do something. We're about to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but you made you made really good points. You did. Yeah. You know
0: what's actually funny. The notion that I grew up around, um, thankfully it wasn't my family, but it was like a lot of like extended family of people saying, if you commit suicide, you're going to burn in hell. There's no such thing as depression. There's no such thing as people killing themselves because of depression. They just do it because they're bored. And I feel like that's a notion that we're growing out of um, in terms like I don't believe that someone just because someone who committed suicide just because they're severely depressed, because sometimes like depression is very, very hard to get out of especially yeah. if you don't seek help. So like that notion where it's like God's going to make you burn in hell if you if you kill yep. yourself. But I believe in a forgiving God. I, I believe mean, in a merciful yeah, God. Fair. And like that notion that oh uh, that's what that's the issue right now when you're in when there's religion and mental health, people think that they don't go hand in hand when they should, when they should yeah. make you love your religion. Your religion should be telling you to I go have. seek assistance and a lot of Older generations yeah. tell you the complete opposite. Where you Absolutely. have no mental health if you yeah. see
1: God. It's so it's so funny that you bring that up. It's because like if you look at the new generation of like you know uh, scholars, like Islamic scholars that are coming out now, mm-hmm. like Sheikh Jawad Qazwini Sayyid Hussein Mackey, you know um, Sayyid Javad Shumali Sheikh Nuru. Those are all people who. No, hold on. Seriously, who are these people? <laughs> that's because you're not there. But like, these are people that are literally using. I mean, like, you're not there, like looking into them. You're literally sitting I'm just using the computer all day. But what I'm trying to say is that they're 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 using they're using they're showing us the religion from a spiritual aspect, right? Yeah. Of how to connect on a more loving basis, which we kind of didn't have when we were growing up, right? And it's kind of they realized, hey, this is what we're missing in the, you know growing up in the west and this is the things that we're kind of clashing within our own minds right let's be real you know you're when you know your parents are immigrants you're growing up here you're having that mental crash in the middle of which side am i going to go with right how do i fuse both cultures together and you know I, I like these you know these new scholars that are sit out here talking about these certain aspects and techniques they're talking about techniques of how to combat certain things within the day-to-day right uh, to be real, one of the things that before I, before I started therapy, I was doing a spiritual warrior program with Sayyid Hassan Maki. And that kind of like, he helped me implement the routine on a day to day, kind of get me back on track to where I want to be spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, things, you know, y- y- if you don't want to see a therapist... Reach out to a spiritual coach or even a life coach. It doesn't have to be religious, right? It yeah. could be a life coach. Exactly, because Routines are so important within 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 your day-to-day life because it creates structure within your mind. Not within your day, but within your mind. And that's what people don't realize.
0: So do you think that's a healthy coping mechanism as a whole, though? If you actually have a real mental illness and depression, like seeking a spiritual coach is... Like no. Said, no, no, uh, no, uh, no definitely, definitely not.
2: Definitely and therapy is
0: number issue. one. I have a you big know? issue with people who... That goes back to your point of normalization. Psycholo- graduated. I'm a psychology major, bio, like whatever. I'm. If you tell me say something to help you with assistance, I'm an empath. So like you guys know this. People come to me, tell me their problems, and I like feel it, and then I'm like depressed, whatever. But I can't sit here, and I will never sit here and tell you. I would give you advice in terms of like what I think you should do, but I wouldn't tell you like you're depressed. You need assistance. Blah, blah. Like some people have this notion that I'm a psychology major, so I can open life coach classes or blah, 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 blah. i read a lot of books and I feel like that goes against the connotation of people, like some people say, you don't need a therapist. Um, that's cool though. If he's, if you have a, if you have someone who's putting a platform where, oh, I have a psychology background and I can sit like, Give you some advice, yeah. but you should seek a
2: therapist yeah, like, or like and seek a professional, say, somebody who's certified exactly, in like yeah, uh, you know, in like cognitive behavioral certified. therapy or whatever, exactly. whatever it is the treatment that you need. Obviously, different things in life need different things. Like, for example, if you're severely depressed, like a life coach isn't going to do much for mm-hmm. you. You have to go, you know, you have to go treat the depression first. You got to see what's going on, like through proper yeah. therapy, proper medications, etc. Don't be afraid to call
0: out these individuals but that was an open, who are giving no. you advice. Yeah. When they should be certified. They should have went through the school. Psychiatrists, like that's medical school. Right? Yeah, psychiatrist, like,
2: medical exactly, school, like, uh, psychologists, exactly. you know, Like usually masters, and they get certificates the and PhDs so, and like, stuff.
0: If someone's sitting here giving you advice about therapy and all of that, things that people need to go through school for and get extensive, <laughs> extensive background in, call them out. Don't be afraid to be like, I think that you're helping me out. Yes. But you shouldn't take the place of a psychiatrist. Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Oh, way, let's right. say those people are actually in, in everything and everything in life. You don't want exactly. like like I don't like you wouldn't want me performing surgery on you. I'm a medical student. Like like I haven't been trained in yeah. you know this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, until somebody gets to the level of where they can actually give, give hundred percent. Well but advice. people are
1: also in school to get to that point, right? Like yeah. so yeah. they're learning those things and they're sharing that information exactly. with you. So. Like, like, if it's a person that's not even, like, that's not even their career choice, I'll exactly. be like, okay, something's up. But if there's like, someone everybody's, that's, like, actually, their that's their goal, opinion. that's their goal that they want to get to at the oh, end yeah. of the day, like, all right, cool, good for you. You know, you're you're sharing that yeah. knowledge that you're learning, and that's what a lot of people, you know, like, as, knowledge is there to be
2: shared. As like, long the as they're it, not pretending to be exactly. at that level. Like, I can't pretend yeah. I'm a doctor. I can't pretend to, like, yeah. give you treatment options. What do I know? I'm, you yeah. know, I'm a third-year medical exactly. student. I not, haven't are, even like, done residency.
0: yet. absurd amounts be, like... I am a psychology major um, in graduate school. I can be your therapist. So, Um, call those people out. You guys should seek actual assistance. That's like a big thing. If you think that you are going through something that's huge and you think you're having depression and anxiety and you need assistance, I definitely, my opinion is seek those people who can help you and have the background. It's nice to have someone, oh, I'm studying psychology. But I would never sit here and tell you I can no. help you with so, your therapy.
1: Do you think Do you think it's easy to get therapy within the Arab community? So I think
2: that uh, access to mental health is there's a lot of barriers. Obviously, insurance is the thing because you know you got you guys to be paid for it. Not all insurances cover it, which is very annoying. Uh, so it's like a financial thing, also finding the right one, like you want somebody that you can relate to, whether they're Arab, Muslim, wh- whatever it may be, whatever you want, somebody that you can relate to, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, Arab or Muslim, but you want somebody relatable, so you have to do a little bit of therapy shopping, therapist shopping, I should say, until you find the right one, and then just having access, just having access to that is also tough, like, but I feel like, there are ways to do it, whether it's through your school, through your job, through your community. There's a lot of like social workers and stuff like that that can help you. It just depends on you know what you need.
1: You know what I realized is that the stigma within our own community has prevented our own community to have its own psychiatrists and its own therapists. I, I, it was so hard for me to find a Muslim or an Arab uh, psychiatrist or a therapist. It goes so hard. So I had to go with the uh, you know not you know, kind of go with, with, with the alternative of going to a person of color you know like my therapist is, is Hispanic you know she should kind of understand some of the cultural differences that I go through yeah. on a day-to-day you know but that's like I, I truly believe that the stigmas within our community has within mental health has limited our growth about that aspect right like for example, if you're going to medical school right and you know you, you want to become a surgeon. Right, your, Or your parents want you to become a surgeon, let's say. right, But you end up going down that route and you go become a surgeon and you're not a good surgeon. But essentially you could have been a better psychiatrist and benefited the community because you were actually interested in psychiatry within your... That all comes down to... You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's that like the, the stigmas within the community, it's like preventing us from growing because, hey... That's, uh, that's a taboo. Yeah. Mental health is a taboo. No, it's not. Those are certain things that we should be growing in and that's what makes us as a community grow
0: and flourish and that's what people don't realize. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to say? Um, let's do just a wrap-up of advice. Mind you, this is not advice that we're giving people to help you with mental illnesses, but advice that we went through or what we, we do... Or talking points in terms of understanding the actions to take and so we can wrap up Um, but one thing I want to say that we are a Arab Muslim podcast and Arabs in general Um, if you have any connections to any resources in terms of helping people receive psychological help so if you know a therapist or if you know a psychiatrist or psychologist or anyone like psychologist, yeah, um, to assist you, let let us know. Um, we want to add those to our page. We want to show people that this you can get support here, uh-huh. um, because that is helpful. If you're a spiritual leader and you want to assist people in terms of they want to get closer to God and they think that it would help them. Let us know um, things like that. Even 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 programs that are out there,
1: probably you know, nonprofit organizations that are there that are under the radar that nobody really knows mm-hmm. about. If you guys know any about those, just please send us our way. We'll definitely make a post about it and let everybody know about it. Those are serious things that you know. I think we need we as a community need to grow about. Exactly.
2: And if you're like struggling and going through a lot, feel free to reach out to us, and we will tell you what like the people, the information that the people give us, and we'll try to help guide you yeah. towards you know. Towards a solution for what's Don't going be on. Of us. Yeah, no. very
0: good.
2: Feel free to DM us oh, or whatever you guys want. Um, we'll be more than so happy are, to help.
1: What, are, what are, what's advice that you kind of would relay from your from your aspect of like things that you've went through and how do you think you can like? I got you. I you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, like I said, it's totally human to feel emotions. It's nobody's going to be happy their whole lives, but also no one's going to be sad their whole lives or anxious. Um, I know sometimes when we get inside these depressive and anxious episodes, um, we think we're going to be stuck like that forever. We only see the future like that. We can't imagine anything else without this depression and anxiety. And I promise you, it's it's not always going to be like that and you will get out of it and things will be better as long as you take action. And, you know, like I said, we're more than happy to help. And hopefully this podcast helps you motivate you to, to, to seek help. Um, yeah.
1: Um, mine would possibly be just like like I said earlier like kind of just acknowledging what you're going through and you know kind of set a goal like you know it, once you, it's going to take a while for you to like realize that you're going through something but the moment you do don't let it don't just sit there um just take that initiative and just jump on it and just be like all right cool this is where I want to be this is the goal I need to get out of this lifestyle and just you know help see myself flourish and build my confidence again you know those are one thing that's one thing I'll definitely uh, really
0: And lastly, um, just remember that we as Arabs have, it's okay to go through a period of sadness um, in terms of a lot of our countries back home are going through things and a lot of things occur. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to um, feel that pain that our people felt. Um, Just remember that you are here and that you have the resources to seek assistance. Um, And if you don't have the resources, if someone tells you, hey, I wanna help, it's okay to say no. Um, It's okay to like take a step back. Just make sure that you reflect on it. Just make sure that you're saying, hey, um, I need to take a step back. Um, And it's okay to not be upset that you're not feeling the pain of your people. Um, sometimes I literally don't want to see anything about back home because it's just so much. Um, and it's okay to back away. It's okay to be like, all right, I need a pause in life. I need to get my mental state, right? I know a lot of people are suffering. I know a lot of suffering is part of the world. Um, Eve took the apple, so (laughs) it's going to be here all our lives. Um, and it's okay to take a step back. Just make sure that you're worried about your mental health. And if you don't know, it's okay to take that forward step in terms of, I want to know if I actually am going through things. Um, Try not to self-diagnose yourself with OCD, depression, anxiety disorder, etc. Seek help and find the resources that best fit you. If you think that you need an Arab Muslim therapist, try to find an Arab Muslim therapist. If you think that you just need a therapist, get a therapist. Um, Mental health, everybody goes through it. I go through, I still go through it sometimes in terms of like very bad anxiety. It's okay. Um, You can be very euphoric. Like, Jabber can be sitting here and check up on your friends um, and see what they're going through. If if you have a good friend group, sometimes the funniest one in the group is the one that's hurting the most. Um, So that's like a big thing. Like, He can be jumping up and down for joy every day, and I'll be like, fine, he's happy, but at the same time, he's struggling. Mm -hmm. So just check up on your friends is my last thing Mm -hmm. for me, um, and check up on your loved ones. And it's okay if you need to draw family that is toxic. Drop friends that are toxic. Drop anyone that's toxic. Or even social media, exactly. et cetera.
2: Anything that's like bringing a negative impact in your life, delete it. Or take a break from it. It's okay. Start
1: it. Because no. at the end of the day, social media, the things that yeah. you like and the things that you're...
2: Consuming, yeah. Consuming it all affects it. us. Whether we... Yeah. Even if it's at a subconscious level, all the bad news we read, everything, it really does affect not us. Not even that,
1: but like, uh, social media comes to a point where it's like whatever you're exposing yourself to is what you're going to feel. So re-unfollow those pages that you know are not making you feel good unfollow the ones that are gonna make you feel good like yeah. that, that's what it comes down to you know yeah. you you know social media is a tool that's there and you need to figure out what you want it to be yeah. at the end of the day yeah. but uh yeah guys thanks for listening if you guys have any questions
0: like subscribe, am inscribing I'm there you go
2: yeah, and feel free to reach out feel free to reach, to reach out if you guys need help with anything thank you, you so much reach
0: out to me guys bye DM me